everybody. Welcome to Generation Urge. Today we have another guest, and we're not in our normal office. We are actually in one of Carlos's new flips that's about to be on the market. So yeah. we are, it's all staged and ready, and we're using the staging furniture. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a business expense. Two ways, two ways. But anyways, we have a guest that's uh, in real estate here in Richmond and also at Montana. I don't yeah, know if he's there, but yeah. uh, um, he's going to tell us a little bit about himself. His name is Jared Duma of Jared Duma or Duma Holdings. There you go. Yes, um, also, I guess a long-term hold investor, kind of similar to what we do. Maybe you throw some clips in there. I'm cool. But um, yeah, if, if, if you got anything else to say, I was going to say just start off with a little bit of your story, how you got started, and kind of what you do. Awesome. Now. Yeah, so I'm Jared Duma. I've done a couple wholesale deals, a couple flips, and then I have a couple buy and holds here in Richmond, and then one long-term buy and hold in Montana. Okay, and um, so you start off, did you start wholesaling at first? Is that what you did first or did you start buying a wholesale? I started off right away out of college buying an FHA house um, that was gonna be, I was gonna live in and fix up. Um, here, 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 okay. Yeah, so out of college I moved here, got a W2 job, bought a house, was like, hey, this is undervalued, you know, good area, but I can fix it up and make some money on it. Um, and that's where I started, it was with an FHA loan on a small, non-conforming duplex. So, so nothing complicated, nothing fancy. You bought something, you fixed it up. The only complicated part was the 203k loan. Uh, so I got part of my construction costs rolled in. Uh, yeah. Was that, was that annoying? I heard they're annoying to deal with. So the way it worked out is my uncle has a class A contractor's license. Okay. And so you have to have a class A contractor come through. I wanted uh, to do the work. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he gave me the quote. They were like, oh yeah, it looks good. And he did all the paperwork for me. Uh, okay. And so it made it a lot easier to kind of run through it. Your lender doesn't know that. No, yeah. 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 My, my, yeah. It was actually a crazy transaction. My, uh, the mortgage broker got fired mid, midway through the transaction. Oh, wow. And so it like, changed people, changed hands. So I was like, first of all, first time ever getting a loan. I have no idea what I'm doing. And then my guy gets fired halfway through. So I'm like, did I get pushed through the system? Like, yeah. was I an illegal loan in some way, shape, or form? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And so then like, I'm dealing with all these different people. It was a crazy transaction, but finally wow. I was closed. Wow. So at closing, how much did you have to put down for that? I'm gonna put down fourteen thousand. Fourteen thousand percent wise. Three and a half percent plus some closing costs. Okay, and then when how did the draws work for a two or three? What is a two or three K loan? So yeah, two or three K loan is a renovation loan. They give you half up front and then half depending on the size. Mine was under thirty thousand, so it's called streamlined two or three K. Okay. Um, um, I mean that your renovation my budget. renovation budget okay. was under thirty thousand, which in reality we ended up spending like almost 90,000 on the house when it was all said and done. <laughs> wow. So the 30,000 was just for me to make it livable. Okay. Right? Okay. So at that point in time, 30,000, I mean, we doctored the numbers to make it under 30,000. Yeah. So that way I could do the streamline way. Sure. Um, oh, so you guys knew that going in? Going in, yeah. They said, because sure I started out out. with 40,000 my budget and they were like, hey, if you can get it down to 30 and just make it livable at 30, we're more like, like it's gonna be an easier process. And so I was like, all right, I can do yeah. that. Okay. So because my uncle was a contractor, yeah, quote yeah. unquote, you know, yeah. we were able to maneuver that, yeah. change the numbers. And what do you mean by streamlining? It's, it's just faster, like there's less, a little bit less, less forward. Less yeah, and so what your, okay. your question was, was how the draws work. I got half up front, so I got 7,500 or 15,000 up front. Okay. And then when I finish, they come in and do like an inspection. And, final um, and then they say, and the final inspection, to be honest with you, is a joke. Lady walked in and just like took pictures yeah. and I was like, taking an appraisal. Yeah. And just, uh, 
Done. So you, you put 14,000 down to get it, and then right at right yeah, the next day, you just got 15 right back. Okay, and then, then you actually had to do all the work before you could get paid the other. Right, other so they gave me, because it was a streamline, I had a strict timeline, six months. Um, we got to the six, I was like a week out from the six month date. The flooring guys were really working on the six month date to refinish the floors. And I called them, I was like, hey, I need a small extension, like he gave me a week and a half. And they were like, yeah, it's fine, like no problem. And I thought it was everybody, like, because I watched yeah. YouTube videos on 203K, yeah, like, yeah. trying to figure it out. And so they said, yeah, no problem. We can yeah. wait another week and a half. And I was uh, like, that's incredible, because I heard this horror story after horror story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now, now um, you, you, you had just got out of school, so you were 21, 22 years 21, old, yeah. 21 years old, and well, so what led you to just go ahead and buy your first home, and that you were going to take on the project? You had an uncle who was a, who was a GC, right? right? But is it in your path, like dad, grandfather? Sure. Like, yeah, so my parents back home in Manhattan, Montana, where I'm from, uh, they own seven rentals, and so well, while we were growing up, we helped our dad work on rentals, do different things like that. Um, and in 2008, when the recession hit, the rentals was saved our family farm. And so that was like the realization for me, like, man, real estate, there's a lot here. And how old were you in 2008? I would have been 10 or 11, 12. And you were, you were seeing how? I just, I mean, looking back, oh, I was okay. saying, like, not at the time. I was, I mean, yeah, I was going to say, oh, you we were very introspective. <laughs> but looking back, like, when I was 16, 17, like, yeah, I talked yeah, to my yeah, parents yeah. trying to figure out, like, you know, what's a good path to go on, yeah. and, you know, career-wise. Yeah, yeah. And my mom's like, well, this is, you know, what we did. And I was like, wow. That, I mean, it's literally saved the farm. Like, yeah. Because the beef prices were down, the whole nine, everything was down. Wow. And so that rent money is what kept, you know, paying the mortgage and, still living on the farm. Wow. And then also my uncle, the one that's the GC, also does flips in Northern Virginia. So like okay. Old Town, um, yeah. Arlington, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Alexandria is kind of his okay. main spot. And then uh, I think 2018 maybe, maybe a little bit before that, my grandfather purchased a 30 unit portfolio here in Richmond. Oh wow. To avoid the, the debt tax. So if you have a family business, rather than passing on cash or stocks, which you get taxed and debt after you get a certain number yeah. of net worth, um, you decide to start a family. Um, all right, so we were death tax. Oh, yeah, family business. business. Yeah, family death business. tax, family business, the whole thing. I don't really know legal, you know, ramifications, obligations, yeah. that, that whole thing, but that's what you decided to do to kind of avoid that. I mean, he's 80, I want to say close to 85 now. Yeah. And so he's getting to that point in time where he needs to start thinking about things like yeah. that. And so they started this business and that was when I was They didn't start doing holdings. No, Duma Holdings is mine. So that yeah, they started something. Yeah. Else. Duma is my father's. So all my East Coast family is Wessel is their last name or Sewers. Yeah. That's my relation here. Yeah. Um, That's right. Sewers is a lot of lumber. I don't know where yeah, I am. Yeah. So my mom's sister is married to Sewers. Wow. Yeah. And they own they own super lovers. Yeah, he's yeah. He's the owner. Yeah. Dang, it's crazy. No, they've been around forever. Yeah. yeah. Got, I just got a couple. Of <laughs> I just got a couple of LBLs from that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm against here. There's like three of them. Yeah. Well, if you see Michael in there, that's my oh, that's yeah. my uncle. So that's the, that's the guy. Nice. So um, so your grandfather bought uh, a 30 unit portfolio here in Richmond. Here in Richmond. So you have more family here in Richmond. Right, so he lives okay. in Virginia Beach. He just moved to Williamsburg. Oh, okay, um, I think that's what I meant to so, yeah, okay. yeah, so he's out so, here. Right, he lives here. Um, my aunt lives here, so she kind of manages it right now. Got it. Along with 
I think Dawson, who just merged with, yeah, somebody else. They just had a big yeah. merger mm-hmm. recently. Everhome or something. I don't know. I looked it up the other day, but um, so she managed it a year, and that's how they. So that would have been when I was kind of going through college. They were going through the purchase part mm-hmm. of that. And it was a really run down portfolio. I mean, like. They're just now getting to the point where they rehab every house in the portfolio. And then they're getting stabilized. Wow. Yeah. wow. So it, and that was right after college. So yeah. Years. Yeah. And so I owned lawns. Like when I moved here, I owned lawns. So I could see the properties. They have some properties in this area. Oh, nice. Yeah, like right around here. Oh. So 30 single families. So it's a mix. There's mostly single family. Okay. And then there's a couple duplexes and then one fourplex on Clay Street. Um, wow, nice. So that's like that's a premier, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So did he buy all cash for the tax purposes, or did he still no, leverage it out? He still leverage it. Okay. Yeah. So over time, you know, those rents are paying back. Yeah. More yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So then that's where you got inspired to like want to do your own. You you reflected back on two thousand eight. You saw what your grandfather was doing. You had construction on your uncle's side. Right. You have some connections to lumber yards. Yeah. You know, like so construction is in your. Yeah, my dad was a GC growing up as well. So uh, when, you live, when you live on a ranch in Montana, you don't hire people to come. Yeah, come do stuff. You do it all yourself. Yeah, you're so an electrician. You're, the, you're a plumber. You have to learn it all. And I mean, I regret, you know, back when I was a kid, <laughs> I was I was lazy, you know, I didn't want to really want to learn. I just showed up and I was like, Dad, what do you want me to do? You know, and then did it. Yeah, um, we moved yeah. a ton of houses when I was a kid. Like that's what we did all summer. It was yeah. on the roof or. We built our grandparents their whole back addition, you know, from the ground up. Yeah. And my dad is a super perfectionist, and I'm like the exact opposite. I'm like, let's get it done. Like, if somebody else is a perfectionist, I'm happy. Like that's yeah. what I want. Yeah. But I know me personally. Yeah. If I'm, you know, doing fine stuff, I'm like, hey, you need to do this because I cannot sit here for this long doing the same thing. My yeah. mind's like on other things. Yeah. 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 So having to grow up with that, that portion of construction perfectionist type yeah. thing. I mean, it was great for me on that side. But again, I regret not fully yeah. indulging myself and in, uh, yeah. all that stuff that I could have learned. Okay. Cool. So you, you were exposed to all of that, and then you went to college, you got out of college. I mean, you jumped in it pretty quick. Kind of done. I mean, yeah. both of you guys got out of school. Did you ever work for anyone after school? Yeah, I worked at Kinsale Insurance. Okay. Right. So you worked, that's right. Mm-hmm. So you worked in, you never worked for anyone no. in particular. Yeah, not a yeah, so if, but you jumped out shortly after. Right. And you started pursuing this full time. Mm-hmm. So I've been in my three soon. Yeah. So I graduated college three years. I went to college to play basketball originally. Like that was my main goal. I was really excited about that. After one year, I was like, you know, this isn't for me anymore. Quit. And I was like, I hate school so much. Yeah. Like I cannot stand sitting in these classrooms. Yeah. Where'd you go to college? University of Dallas. So a small school in Irving, Texas. Um, right next to the Cowboy Stadium used to be. Yeah. And so I was sitting in these classes and I'm like, this is crazy. Like, I'm not learning a whole lot. I can learn half this stuff on YouTube University. Yeah. You know, and so kind of the breaking point for me was towards the end of my freshman year, I had a professor that said, you have to buy my book for the class. And I was like, okay, you know, I'll buy the book, whatever. So I looked on Amazon, what the book cost? It's $500. I was like, hold on, hold on. So I'm already paying your salary with my tuition money. Yeah. And now I'm paying your bonus. Like, 40 kids in the class, yeah. we're all buying a five hundred dollar book. Yeah. I was like, I told him, I was like, I'm not buying a book. He's like, you have to. I'm like, I'll fill the class. I mean, I'll guess the check until I get it right. Yeah. You know? And he was like so like upset at me for not following the system. And I was like, I can't stand that, you know? And so got out of school in three years. I just streamlined it. I was like, I took online classes through a Montana school, so I got in-state tuition. 
I took summer classes. We didn't have Wi-Fi at my house at the time. So I went to McDonald's 15 minutes away at night after working two full-time jobs to do my homework for yeah, my classes. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's the other thing is kind of getting started early. I was always an entrepreneur growing up. I had a lawn one business. I bought chickens. I used to sell the eggs. Um, and then I sold sneakers for a long time in high school, like so I was big into basketball, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I bought and sold various sneakers yeah. and uh, continued that kind of through college as a way to make money. And then so again, college, got there, just grinded out. I was taking 18 to 22 credit hours a semester and then eight to 10 credit hours in the summer. And what were you studying? Just business as a general major. Just general business. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so, Going from there, I was always in class. If they had let us have our phones, I had AirPods in, listening to bigger pockets, yeah. or watching YouTube videos on construction, or you know, a different part of the real estate industry that I didn't know a lot about. Sure. Trying to learn all the different things, and eventually, um, I realized you know, I'm listening to the same thing over and over and over. I mean, it's different people saying the same thing yeah. in a different way, so you get you know bits and pieces from each little podcast, kind of like this. Like everybody's gonna have a different story. Sure. You're gonna yeah. pull different pieces from it. Um, and I eventually was like, I just had to do it. Yeah. And so started at my job right out of college, was working there, got my real estate license during COVID, backtracked a little bit, was roofing houses during COVID. So they shut down the school. And so we were online. I had AirPods in on roofs, roofing houses. The teacher would call us and be like, hey, shut it down, shut it down. We shut everything down, answer the teacher, put it back on mute, go back to work. Yeah. And so during that time also I got my real estate license. Um, I mean, kind of crazy. I was just trying to do everything so fast. Yeah. I just wanted to make money. That was my thing. It's like, I sat in a classroom, listened to these guys, whatever. You know, I'm time. It's time for me to make yeah. some money. Execute. And so, started working my job. Was doing doing pretty well in the beginning, and uh, like I think two or three months into my job, I was like, I'm gonna buy a house. So I just started looking on MLS on Zillow, really, because I didn't know like I didn't have any connections here other than my uncle. Yeah. And. Um, just started looking at houses. And the second house I looked at, I walked through the, the one that I bought, and I was like, I'm gonna buy this house. And the two or three K. Yeah. And it was listed, I wanna say 235 in the beginning. And so I got a realtor through Zillow because I didn't I hadn't passed the test quite yet. Okay. And so I used this guy and I was like, hey, I'm gonna offer 160. And he was like, You're crazy. I'm like, just offer 160. And he's like, all right, you know, I'll send the offer. And so I send it back, the guy declines it. And then there's like this situation where he's no counter. And so I'm like, all right, you know, I have no idea where this guy wants to be at. What was it, what's the event again? 230. Wow, okay. So I, I mean, I shot, I mean, yeah. yeah. And it is in a hot market. It was just, you know, COVID had just kind of started. I mean, ever all lockdowns or anything like that. And so everything was going, it was starting to heat up. It wasn't at the point where it was hot yet, it was starting that, yeah. that upward trend. And so I went to him and I was like, all right, you know, where do we go from here? Because I you know, hadn't done any of this stuff before. I mean, I've seen the contracts. Yeah. And so he's like, well, why don't we try, you know, 200? I'm like, I can't pay 200 for this house. That's just not going to happen. Yeah. And so I said, let's offer 175. And so then I get a counter back at 190. We kind of go back and forth. I think I paid 182.5. So you, you submitted, I just want to make sure to break it down. You submitted 160. No counter. You yeah. waited how long before making the second? I think three or four days. Three or four days. So you heard crickets. You obviously still saw it on the market. It was available. Two right. or three days later, you then submit one ninety. No. One. No. One seventy five. So one seventy five, fifteen thousand more. 
then you immediately got like a, a rebuttal of one night? No, so then this guy, um, he was some, he had some sort of religious thing. And so like, I was Smith offered three day, you know, kind of time frame to accept it. Yeah. Counter. Yeah. And I don't hear from him for like five days. I'm calling my agent, I'm like, hey, has he seen him? He's like, yeah, he's not responding to the other agent either. We don't know what's going on. Like the guy's just going AWOL. And apparently he was on some religious uh, retreat thing for three days where he didn't have his phone. And so he gets back, he's like, no, I can't do that. So he comes down to like 185. And so I go, let's, I mean, like at this point, I'm just like so excited we're getting closer to my number. I'm like, yeah. let's make the deal happen. So I submit an offer at 182.5 and get the deal. Um, and so wow. I was, I was like ecstatic. I mean, because I was living with my aunt and uncle at the time. Yeah. You know, I was ready to kind of get out and do my own thing. Uh-huh. And so I had six months to make it livable. And I was technically supposed to be living there while yeah, this was happening, but there was like, I mean, it was in really, really rough shape. Like, yeah. there's no way I could have done it. So, did you get approved for the 203 kilo loan before you started making it? Yeah, so the first time I viewed the house, I was like, hey, do you have any lender contacts to the agent? Like, I had no idea. Yeah. You know? He's like, I'd like to do something where I can, and I had done some research on like FHA and like yeah. what stuff I could kind of tack on top of that and see. And he was like, try this guy. He specializes in 203K loans. Oh, okay. And I was like, perfect, you know, like this is awesome. Yeah. And so I get in there and he's like, yeah, you're approved for, you know, up to this much. And I was like, well, I definitely don't want to spend that much. Yeah. You know, and so I offered, got it. And so my loan, I only had to put three and a half down and then I tack on the 30,000 in construction costs. So yeah, my closing costs were 14,000. And at the time I did not have 14,000. And so I bought a Mercedes SLK, hard top convertible from a guy at work and I flipped it to get my, my down payment. So I, I had, the car. yeah, I flipped the car to get my down payment. While I was under contract? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, had, I had a spreadsheet I sent to the lender. Like I had three other cars at the time that I was working on selling. And I sent a spreadsheet. I was like, look at these are the cars. This is what I bought them at. This is the market value. I expect to sell so them. a bank lender? Yeah. <laughs> I expect to sell them, you know, within the month. Like, no questions asked. I know I can drop it down and sell it to where I got it to bring my cash, you know, yeah, back yeah. in my back pocket. And he's like, this is awesome. And I like, I had set out, I went on Google Docs and like made this presentation on a Word doc of like my plan with the house. And like what I was gonna do here, what I was gonna do there. So I kind of went over the top. Yeah, yeah. Knowing that two or three Ks are hard to come by. Like yeah. It's hard to get through the paperwork. And so I went like, if this is where the paperwork needed to be, I was here because I made sure that there was gonna be no questions about it. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be hard for them to say no to you. Right. I mean, yeah. because it, we we all know this with lenders. Like, it already takes them three or five days to like even get back to you about anything. But if you if they send you, hey, I need all of your bank statements, all of your whatever, and you have it to them that very next hour or the same day, they're a lot more responsive going forward because they know that both of you guys are trying to work towards the same thing. Right. So you were just making it super easy for the lender to just yeah. be like, yeah, I mean, I feel like a bad guy saying no, right? Did you have a full-time job uh, while you were doing this? I was three months into my full-time. Okay, so they use your use your pay stubs to get approved. Right, and the, the lender supposed like again, this guy got fired halfway through, so I don't know how <laughs> legal this was, but he used my college years because I worked. Yeah, that's part yeah, of the time. That's normal. Yeah, and, and they use them as part of my employment. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's only if you're in the same field though. I've heard. It's business. Yeah, yeah business yeah. insurance is kind of. And I had an insurance like an insurance internship one of the summers. Uh, okay. Uh, so, so I kind of had a, 
Wow. Okay. So that was back in 2000. So it was COVID. So it was two years ago. Yeah. So two years ago, you had just purchased your first primary residence that you were doing a two or three K loan with. That took you about six months to complete. Six months to complete just to make it livable. To make it livable. And then you did other stuff. Right. After the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So then that puts you at the end of 2020. Right. Yes. Right. I was closed on that house in November of 2020, and so six months, I was 2021. The refinance. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 you bought it in November of 2020. Yeah, November of 2020, yeah, so okay. six months would have brought me into 2021. Okay, so you've been you've been doing this full-time for a year. Yeah, oh, not, even, not even a year. Yeah. At the time, I quit effective January 1 of this year. So I stayed on my job while I was fixing this place up and bought another one in the same time frame while I was still working full-time. Yeah. Okay. So, and the refinancing, the one you did to a three K loan. So that one, I just sold in the beginning of this year. Oh, you sold, sold it? Yeah, it's the one that's across from Lock and Keys. Um, not directly oh, across. Oh, oh, is where you were living? Yeah, that's where oh, I was living. All the staging in those pictures is my furniture and so. stuff. Oh, that's why the shoes look so big. <laughs> <laughs> you live upstairs. Yeah, yeah I live upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> I walk that house. You did. <laughs> That is awesome. I was like, man, this plumbing in the basement, what the hell is up with it? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been oh, the other one. Wait, why did you walk and were you trying to buy it? No, so so Lord and Kaylin, because they had the two new construction that oh. they were building, they were doing like research in the in the neighborhood and they were looking at price points. So they yours was also on Lakeside, yeah. right? So it was maybe like two blocks off. Yeah, yeah it was far. pretty close. And they were like, oh yeah, we're just gonna go look at some houses. Because we want to see it for comparables. Obviously, theirs was new. Yours was just highly renovated. So, and I, I think mine was one of the first four hundred pushing four hundred listings in Lakeside. Yeah, so I listed it three ninety nine, and you bought that for one eighty two five. So you were all in for one eighty two five plus the ninety, so around two seventy two eighty, and ended up going under contract for three eighty five. Okay, it's hundred. So why did you decide to sell it and not keep it a refi just because it's too, not cash flowing, not enough price? So, I mean, I had so much cash, like all the money I had made, like earned throughout the year, I was just putting it back in that house, like okay. making it better, like new cabinets, new countertops. I mean, we did almost everything new. All the bathrooms yeah. were brand new. Everything was um, going on. Yeah, we did, I mean, everything. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so you, I put, you put everything in. I mean, I had like, I had a little money, but I was like, True. all my money that I had made that whole year, I was like, put it in that house. So then that house, you say, has propelled your business. Yes. Absolutely. And so you being able to do multiple at a time, because now you're saying that you have two rentals. Is that what it is? So now I have three rentals. Three rentals. One in Montana, fourplex, yes. a duplex on Chamberlain with my two brothers. Yeah. And then HTML4 Hilliard, I listed it, didn't get the offers I wanted. So I was like, well, let's see what I get for rent. If it makes sense, yeah. I'll just rent it. And listed the rent, just put a just went under contract with that with the renter at twenty two hundred a month. Nice. So, and then you're also working on some. We have two flips, so I bought the house right next to that house. Oh, you did tell me that you were yeah. putting out, you were putting out a sign. I was coming out to put my for sale sign. Yeah. And I saw him putting his for sale by owner sign, and I was like, I mean, like, <laughs> and I went across the road. Bought that one. Yeah. So I was like, hey, when can I look at it? He's like, well, I'm leaving right now. You can look at it on Monday. And when I walked through on Monday, I was there with 15 other people. 
And so I walked through, I mean, I, I like ran through the house. I was like, it looks, it's like the same kind of bill yeah, as the yeah. one next door. So I know what I'm dealing with. And so I was like, what do you want for it? And he's like, 198.5. And I was like, what about full off, like full price cash offer? Which was what? 198.5. Uh, okay. And so he was like, I would love that. He was like, so pleased. And um, so we went under contract like two days later. And so no one else, none of those other 15 people were willing to come up, or you just got it. I, no, I, I mean, no, the, the, people were, the people were still walking the house. Yeah, yeah. I was on the phone in the driveway, like, what do you uh, want? I'll send over an offer, like, in two hours. Yeah. Because it was, the, it was that was the middle of people were just like 40,000 over here. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. a tough time to buy. Yeah. I had a question about the, the one you sold. Did, sure. did you lived in it for two years? I lived in it for almost two years. Oh, so like did you not get that taxes? I'll find out for my account this year. There's something about living in it for a year, you get half the taxes oh, you or something like uh, that. Okay. So I hope so. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's the goal. Yeah, no, yeah. to have that tax free. But I think because I'm refinancing instead of selling a lot more this year, yeah, I think my, I mean, even if I have to pay those taxes on it, I won't because of how much money I've spent this yeah. year on construction renovation. Yeah, yeah. And the tax deduction, for those who don't know, if you live in your property for two of the last five years, you don't have to pay taxes for up to $250,000 in gains. Yeah, um, and you can you can slice that combination out. Because I, I don't think it needs to be consecutive. No, it can be like two of a year, yeah. And then like a fifth year. Yeah, or yeah. yeah, so you can slice that in which way. Yeah. And you're exempt of 250 per person if you marry and buy a partner of full 500. So. Yeah. So a lot of appreciation. Yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. in the COVID market. Yeah. That was, that yeah. was Wow. Wow. Okay. So um, that's insane. Yeah. So, I mean, that's really That one project left your job, three residential so, ties, yeah. a single, and then down the. Right. So while I was still working on that place and at my full time job, I ended up falling, like another property fell on my lap. Somebody called me as a realtor to come sell their house. I walked through, it was a hoarder home, and I was like, I, I can't put this off the market. Like, I was like, I really can't. And I'm saying that from an honest opinion, you know, yeah, yeah. what do you want for it? I probably, I was thinking wholesale yeah. initially. Yeah. And so I was like, what do you want for it? And she was like, we want 220. And so I run the numbers, I'm like, this is a decent neighborhood, 23229, so kind of um, West End. Yeah. And, uh, so I ran the numbers, I was like, well, I bet if I can get it for 180, I can wholesale it for 190. And so I was like, I'll, I'll see if I can do that. So I call her up, I'm like, hey, this is what my offer would be to buy it in cash, you know, give it a wholesale skill. Yeah. And she was like, no, we don't want to do that. You know, she's like, I know what it's going to be worth. Blah, blah. I was like, okay, you know, let me see if I can come up. And so I'm like, putting the numbers in my head, I'm like, can I come up? And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I'll just make, instead of making 60, which is my target, 60 after now, so now that I'm having to come up, I'm like, I'm not gonna be able to sell it. Okay, nobody's yeah, yeah. gonna be able to buy it. So now I'm like, I have to figure out a way to finance it. Let's just get it under contract first. Yeah, like as entrepreneurs, well, yes, then yeah, yeah. figure yeah. it out. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah. yeah, so I was like, I have a plane, build a parachute. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's what I did is I was like, okay, how can I finance this? But first, let me get it under contract because I'll put a thousand dollars earnest money down. So if I lose it, you know. I lose it, sure, and that is what it is. But yeah. I was like, I have to figure out what the finance. Yeah. So I, I get under contract for one ninety. Oh, okay. so one ninety. I got okay. for one ninety. So I got it out for two twenty. 
down to 190. And I just explained where I was like, look, this is what we're gonna do with the property. I'm gonna make it a top of the line property. I'm not gonna come in here and paint. I mean, you, I you walked into the house and you're like hit with the scent of mm. dog, cat, odor. I mean, like it was really, really bad. And thankfully she actually cleaned out the whole house. Uh, oh. She literally just got a dumpster and just dumped uh, all her stuff into the dumpster. Cause when I walked through, I couldn't step on the floor. I could not see the floor. Oh, wow. There was so much stuff. Yeah. So you got lucky. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean, I told her, I was like, you can leave some random stuff, but if, you, if you're not going to clean it out, my price is going to change. Yeah, oh, okay. And so we read it one night, and she cleaned it out, which was a lifesaver for me. Yeah. Um, and that one, I decided, you know, working on the first one myself, trying to do all the work by myself. I was on a full-time job, 7.15, 7.30 to 4.15 at night, and then going straight to my job. I had you carry a backpack with me with work clothes, go straight to my job, to the house, and just go into town. You're doing painting, plumbing, let, like everything. Demo, the whole nine. And so I worked, went 7.30 to 4.15, 4.15 to, let's say 4.30 in commute time, and then 4.30 until one or two in the morning. Oh my God. I was like, I was so determined to get this thing done. And just you by yourself. Yeah, just me. I mean, maybe my twelve-year-old cousin would come just to hang out. You know, I mean, what what really did he get done? Yeah, twelve years old. But like that, I was just me in the beginning. And so then, after I started realizing, like, I'm burning myself out. Yeah. Like yeah. my work productivity is starting to teeter. Like, I mean, I I didn't drink coffee before that. Like I just had. I said, if I'm gonna drink coffee, I want to do something. So I'm never gonna consistently yeah. drink it. And so. At that point, I started drinking coffee. I was hitting like three a day, and to me, like that was crazy. Three yeah. a day, exactly. zero, zero to three, it was unbelievable. Um, and so, I mean, I'm so thankful for my aunt and uncle because at the time they would leave dinner out for me. You know, I'd come into the house at like one o'clock in the morning, scarf dinner, and I mean, a lot of times I would be so tired, I would just fall right into bed. I wouldn't even shower. I'd wake up in the morning, shower before, and then do the same thing. Um, so on the second house, I realized like. I'm not gonna do the work yeah. on this one. So the first house, I hired a contractor after the whole 203K streamlined thing, but did terrible work, terrible jobs. This is like kind of my first mm-hmm. contractor that I really, really hired. Yeah. Uh, and so I, terrible work. That's why my construction is so high on that house. Because I lost essentially $20,000 to this guy, not doing what he said he would do. And yeah shy work and then charge me more. And so eventually I had to go to him and be like, hey, how much do I owe you just to get out? And so that was like hard for me because I'm 21, 22 years old at the time, talking to these guys 30, 40 yeah. plus years of age and telling them like, this is not snuff, like yeah, yeah. this isn't any good. And uh, so I bought, essentially bought him out of doing the rest of the work. Yeah, what did you pay him? I ended up having to pay him at that point in time ten thousand. So I already paid him ten thousand. And for I, work he did do. For work, some of the work he did do, oh, okay. but other stuff was just like he was blaming me for for different things. And I mean, there's disagreements, and yeah. I try to treat everybody like humans. So I'm like, you know, I want to pay you a what's fair, even though I don't agree with what the work you did. Yes, yeah. And so yeah. he he called me. He was like, you know, good friend, and you know, kind of bawled me out. I was like, listen, I we're not friends. We're I mean, contractor and owner of the house that's paying you. Yeah. Like, this is not a bar. 
And so I was able to get one of his subs, the tile subs. So I was like, I still need somebody to do tile. So can I keep this guy on to get this done? And he was like, yeah. And he wouldn't give me his phone number. And so finally, like one day, I saw the, the van was there and I pulled in so fast. And I was like, hey, you know, I'm Jared, I'm the owner of the house. Um, I have another house that I'm thinking about buying. Do you want to come take a look at it? Give me a quote. And he was like, oh yeah, I do everything. And so, I mean, everybody says that, but sure. there's a lot of guys that don't. don't they're just trying to get the Yeah, they're just trying to get the contract. Yeah. So, I kind of took him on my way and was like, you know, I want to kind of groom you towards this is what I want to do with my life, you know, and I want you know you to take on this whole house. And so, for me, he was only doing tile work. Yeah. And so, I was like, hey, come put this whole house for me. So, we walked through, I'm like, you can do all of this, right? Like, I'm double checking because he did some plumbing for me, a little bit of plumbing. And then tile, and that was all he really did for me yeah. at the time. So I was like, hey, can you go check out this whole house? Tell me what your price would be, demo, you know, the whole the whole thing. And he comes back with, you know, at the time what our budget was for that house was fifteen thousand labor. Yeah. And my total construction budget on that house, I said was fifty. And so I was like, fifteen thousand labor? This yeah. is awesome. And so like, it worked out really well. He worked him and his son. Did all the work, did a great job, and it ended up going over budget because, like, as we started taking stuff apart, we're like, yeah, change order, okay, change order, yeah, change order. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, we just need to change this. Let's replace all the doors because we don't have mixed match doors. Yeah, yeah. Different different things that I thought, you know, this guy would do, he didn't want to do, you know, X Y Z. Changed it. We ended up spending, I think, fifty six thousand in that renovation. So bought for one ninety, fifty six thousand in. And then sold for three thirty in December of twenty twenty one. So that one I had a six month because I wasn't I was totally hands off. Yeah. I wanted to get done as fast as possible, but you guys do all the work. And I mean, on my lunch break, I was going to Lowe's, flying down to the house to drop off stuff, and then come back to work. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, after that, after December, you got that paycheck. You're like, oh. so my mom said she's like, if you can make it enough money to cover your pay, my current paycheck, flipping houses, I'll let you quit your job. And not that like I wasn't my own guy, man. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. One. yeah. But I was like, hey mom, this is how much I made on this this house. Like I'm gonna quit my job. And she was like, wait, really? And I was like, yeah, I'm quitting my job. And so I put in my two weeks note. I was actually planning on staying a little bit longer because we had a bonus in March. Oh. And it's okay. Adam <laughs> knew called me. I was looking at another one of his deals, so I just sold that one. So now I'm like back in trying to find another deal. Yeah. And he called me while I was at my office. And so I pick up the phone and the VP of my division and the SVP walked off, walked by my desk while I was on the phone. And so I get a message from my boss that pops up on my computer, like, come to my office now. And I know, I mean, like, yeah. what were you, what were you saying on the phone, like, in that conversation? At, at was, well, it was like, we were talking about, I think it was something on Brewery Street. I'm, I'm not hundred percent sure, but, like street names were being said, like HVAC, like construction terms. Yeah, were being yeah, used. yeah, yeah. And uh, so they walked by. I mean, I was, I was doing well at the time. I brought in over six million dollars of premium, of insurance premium, just that year. And I was only there for that would have been my first four years. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like top, I think three or four in premium brought in. But my thing was, I wasn't super. Again, I'm not a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. And in insurance, with your excluding, you know, certain activities. You have to be 
Yeah. Very perfect with, with what you do. And yeah. I'll take the blame. No, I wasn't. And so I was kind of on the downward trend, mostly because I was getting so excited about real estate. Yeah. And yeah, you were losing this track of. Started being more successful at it. Mm -hmm. And so she calls me into her office. She's like, we've gotten a lot of complaints about you being on your phone. And I was kind of like, you've gotten one. And I know like what it was. Cause I was, I mean, I, I hung up because I got the message on my computer. Yeah. And so, um, the next day, like it, that was on Friday. And so over the weekend I called my mom, I'm like, Hey mom, you know, I'm really not having fun with my job. Like yeah. I'm going to quit early. And she was like, you're leaving, you know, X amount of dollars on the table in March. And I'm like, I'll make that in that amount of time with the flips. And so I, the next Monday, I had a meeting with her and the SVP of my division. And I walked in, they were you know, getting ready to basically call me out. Yeah. And I said, you know, I know what you got. You know, I, I was in the wrong, but here's my two weeks notice. And they were just like so shook because I was doing well, like premium wise, but yeah. they were just like, oh my gosh, like yeah. the big producer leaving. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so that's, that was the end of, uh, Jared working at W2. Hell yeah. Never going back. Never going back. <laughs> so I have a question. Um, I feel like there were a lot of lessons learned on both those books. And I think that we all learn lessons throughout our journey as investors, buy holds, flips, whatever. Uh, but the ones that usually resonate and make you the investor that you later become are the first couple. Right? So. I'd love to, if you, if you thought about it at all, what would you tell your, I just got out of school, I'm gonna be doing my first book. What kind of advice would you give him? Whether it's like, watch out for this, or right. like, do this better, or do it faster, or whatever. I mean, it could just be, I don't know, be more ambitious about it and go bigger. I would say, yeah, in the beginning, I was super meticulous about everything, so I was really like, took a lot of time trying to figure out what's the best tile to use. What's, you know, I really took a lot of time trying to figure out the best product, but wasn't doing the precursor stuff. Like, so mm -hmm. in the first house, it was all plastered. And so, I mean, the amount of work that we did on the plaster and with the demo and different things, like it would have been more worth my time to just rip it all out. And put drywall. And put drywall. Yeah. And so, when that time came, we reused all the same trim that was originally in the house, and it was pretty beat up trim. I mean, the house was around for a lot of years, and it wasn't yeah. well taken care of. And so, I didn't take out a lot of things that I should have to make it look more new, I guess, in a way. Yeah. And so I didn't do the back. I was more worried about like the very end level stuff, like what are people going to see. Mm -hmm. And so looking back, I wish I would have gone more in depth in the demo and taken more out, like basically taking on a bigger project, right? Yeah. But I was too scared to do that because I didn't know, you know, what if, you know, say I take out drywall and the wall is like sagging or something, or the yeah. plaster and the wall is sagging or, you know, something like that. I was worried that like, if I do that, what do I do then? Like, I don't have a plan of action there. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what, it all looks good. Let's just paint over it, you know, finish over it. Yeah, yeah. And so, not that we didn't do quality work. Sure. It was just more of like, I'm worried to do more. Like I said, yeah. I wasn't ready. Yeah. Or at least I thought I wasn't. And yeah. looking back, I totally could have been like, let's take it all out and put it all back in. Yeah. And so a lot of my feedback when I sold that house was, everything is awesome, but there's these touch up things that we wish would have been done better. Because mm -hmm. that 400 range, you know, you're hitting a different 
customer yeah. than that 350 to sure. 300 yeah. range. And so that was a lot of my feedback was you should have redone, basically redone the trim. You should have done, you know, different things. Cause I tried to reuse as much as I could. So I don't spend the trip. Yeah. A ton. So my advice to my younger self would be, don't be afraid to take on bigger projects okay. and just take it on, like just jump in, go for it. Because once I did that on the next property, I was yeah. like, this is so much easier on the putback to the other side. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. It was just the first time around, since you hadn't done it before, you weren't right. sure how, how big of an undertaking that would have been. And it's less than I thought, you know, yeah. now that I've done it a couple times. Yeah. Yeah, I still make that mistake today of me doing something that I shouldn't have done, or trying to save something, right. and, uh, and then I end up tearing it out anyway, later after we already saved it, and then I have to spend that money anyway. If it was, let's say it was a flip and it was a rental, would you still try and save stuff a little bit more than if it was a flip and buy a brand new? Yeah, if it was, if I, would, if I was going to keep it as a rental, I would have. Yeah, just done it a little easier because yeah. it's going to get destroyed in the right. future anyway, right? Okay, interesting. Uh, so you managed, you, you so for that you managed the product, that was your second house. Was that, was that your first house? So, so, the first house was the one we were just talking about, and the second one was the one that um, I sold this ever. Okay. So I actually sold the first, my second house I sold first. Mm -hmm. Because just the timeline got construction. Yeah. How many of you kept and uh, refinanced yourself, or refinanced out and kept as rentals? Yeah, so so I guess there's two two scenarios here, because the Hilliard Road one, that one I'm refinancing, so I'll close on the refine next week. Um, so that's the first one that I've truly done like a, Oh, the Montana property, I guess. So that's a whole other story. Is yeah. um, one of the bag words. Yeah, a whole other bag <laughs> But that one I refinanced, so that's one property I refinanced. We just closed on a refi this morning um, on our duplex at Chamberlain. Oh, congrats, congrats. congrats. Yeah, so that was exciting. Um, and then that Hilliard Road house will close on um, next week. So that's, I guess that's three that I've kept. So kind of what I did was I flipped a house and then tried to buy like a small yeah, okay. Yeah. So for that refinance, did you use a bank of 50 30 year loans or did you use like a commercial loan? So because I'm, I didn't have credit cards until I was 21. So my credit is still uh, like very young. Yeah, yeah. And so a lot of normal, like conventional banks were like, Jerry, yeah. you know, and especially because I quit my job, right? Yeah. So like my income looks really fuzzy. They're like, no, you work with conventional banks, it's not gonna work. So I actually used, um, Tim Hero. <clears throat> okay. Um, and he's a 30 year note. 30 year note, yeah. Okay. DSCR. I think I got 6.1 and 6.3 on the two different properties. So, which is not too much more than the standard 30 year mortgage anyway. Yeah. Right. Uh, what does DSCR mean? Uh, debt, set, debt service credit ratio. Yeah. Okay. And what, uh, so when banks look at that, like, what does that entail for people in your situation? Sure. That, don't have credit or anything. Yeah. They want to refinance and pull out cash. Um, so yeah, it looks like they basically do a 1.25 ratio of the loan payment per month to the rent. Okay. So essentially if the rent outweighs the loan payment by whatever their each each person has each bank has a different, you know, set of guidelines. Yeah. For that. Right. So for lending one and ten is 1.25 was their criteria. So right now we're bringing in, I think, I want to say 1650, which is very under market mm -hmm. um, for that Chamberlain duplex. 
and our payment will be around 13. Okay, so, so only cash flow 300 a month on it, but as we continue to increase rents, that yeah. cash flow will increase yeah. as well. Yeah, and, and, uh, and, simpler for, and a simpler way of explaining that would be if the mortgage is $1,000, right? Then uh, rent has to be about twelve hundred, twelve. Right. Yeah. So mortgage right. plus uh, insurance taxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if mortgage insurance taxes is a thousand, then be twelve fifty for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. Cool. And as interest rates go up, it's harder to meet that debt service coverage ratio. So what do you see people doing if they can't refinance? You just see more houses coming on the market. I think. We kind of talked about it last time at Ring, but I think the construction cost, that, or the A, the buy boxes are going to change. Yeah. So like what people are buying, they're gonna, their offers are going to be lower than they have it. And then I also think construction, like we just talked about, that budget is going to be lower. People are going to try to save a lot more on that. So they can either A, still refinance it, or have the construction cost so small, buying houses that are less construction heavy, so small that they can just keep it, you know, leave whatever their construction costs were and then wait till rates go down to pull out to refine. Okay, refine. Yeah. So uh, are you working on any right now? Any properties? We've got two. So the one next to my first house, Lakes, I call it Lakeside number two. Um, we're working on that one. That one's drywall in, so all we have left is paint, floors, tile, and exterior. Mm. And that one should be ready to roll. Yeah, so I think for rent, what are you going to do with that one? It's going to depend on what the market's doing, you know, okay. buy, buy wise. Like if, if this market's still kind of like trying to figure out where it's at, yeah, yeah. Um, I might just end up renting it. And refinancing it? Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, I'll have to leave money in the deal in that one. A yeah. little bit, just like pay for right. Yeah. Yes. But as long as it's cash flowing, I mean, yeah. I can't it's really a good about that too much. Yeah, that's it a good is a good And on the come up too, even yeah. though it's, the market is starting to teeter, I think that neighborhood's still. Yeah. Yeah, still sure. revitalizing. For sure. Do you have any short term rentals? I do not have any short term rentals. Do you want? Do you have any interest? Yeah, I'd love to get yeah. get a couple actually. Um, my mom run, runs one in Montana. Okay. And we have a little house um, on our ranch, so it's kind of like a ranch yeah. Airbnb. So I'm kind of starting to run the ropes through that, mm -hmm. um, and now we have to maybe you know transfer that here, and, you know, change it up and yeah, yeah, your own version of it. Right. So. Okay. What, what do you see? Because um, you've really been steamrolling. Trying to. Past year and a half. Yeah. So, you're, I mean, I commend you because, like, you got out of school. I mean, both of you guys. Out of school, just really got, you know, put your head down, just started grinding it out. Um, and that's a big reason why we call this Generation Hustle because, like, you, I, don't, I definitely don't see you as a all you do are flips or all you do are rentals, right? Cause get up, do roofing, you go, you like, I mean, you've done a bunch of different trades, and it's just because you, you have that good old, you know, Montana, <laughs> Montana, yeah. but like, you're not afraid of getting your hands dirty and, and putting, you know, grinding it out. So, market's changed, the market, market's getting weird, but what do you see, where do you see yourself in three years, five years, is it still real estate? I, I think so, but like, are you morphing? Are you changing your buy boxes? Are you, I don't know, how, how would you see yourself? Yeah, so right now, so okay, looking through your sport. Let's look through your sport, yeah. right? So my guys here, I'm, I've developed a really good relationship with those guys. And so they've been working solely for me for probably the last, since, since this year started, probably the last eight months. They've been working only for me on my projects. And so 
for me, that's I'm taking care of their family, yeah. right? And so I want those guys to stay busy. Like I, I'm gonna find them stuff to do regardless. Yeah. Like I want them busy all year round, and I want them. The main guy, um, Jorge, he's I mean he's 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 the man in my business right yeah. now. Because now I've given him you know the lowest credit card. When he needs something, he sends me an email receipt. I get to see you know everything he buys, so it's not like I'm in the dark. Yeah. And he, I mean, if he has a question, like it's, it texts on as fast as I can to get back to him. And now he's starting to hire the subs, mm. which I which I like because now I'm, now I'm taking even farther step back. Yeah. And so all I need to do for him now is buy houses, tell him the plan, yeah. tell him what colors, you know, budget, and exactly. Yeah. And then I I let it roll. <clears throat> like so, I just bought a house um, three weeks ago in Chesterfield. It's a three-two um, quick flip. So. Countertop, floors, paint, put it back on. Mm-hmm. And so I said, this is gonna be our test subject for you running the flip. Where I'm not there every day checking it, you're that guy. So he's your- My father. Your project, your GC, yeah, GC. Right, right. right, but he's still doing the work. He's not really okay. taking a step back. He's also uh, managing schedules for the subs and right. all that too. So, so he knows your budget, your overall budget, then he hires the subs that needs to be compliant to your budget. Mm-hmm. And then he still gets paid by the hour, or is it like... I'm giving him a project budget. And so his his labor, the subs labor, and materials is kind of more on me. So yeah. I give him more like a labor budget. Because yeah. he's using my credit card to buy the stuff, which I like that because I'm not getting upcharged, I'm getting my 5% on lows, yeah. Yeah. whatever. And so I'm giving him a labor budget. I'm like, this is our labor budget. Yeah. And so, Right now, we're just doing like, once somebody finishes, I'll write the check. Okay. So that, at, eventually I hope to give him a check Yeah. where I can just put the, the budget in the account and tell him this is how much you have to play with. Yeah. You know, and so seeing how that works. But going back to the original question is, like three years from now, I see myself still buying single family, maybe some small multifamily here in Richmond, yeah. and having him, like, I'll come do the transaction part, <clears throat> and then once the transaction part's over, I'm gonna say, here you go. And you know, focus again on the next transaction. Right. And just Either the next, yeah, so that's the other thing, is I wanna get more into larger multifamily. Mm-hmm. Or more syndication style. Um, yeah, syndication style. And to, like a lot of people that start with single family, and they eventually wanna hit that multifamily, yeah. because that one sees Grant Cardone, like, oh, I that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, no, so multifamily, I mean, I have two small ones, so I have six units in quote unquote small multifamily. Yeah. And so the cash flow from those is a heck of a lot better. And it's all one property, right? So four units in one property, two units in another. The two unit property, there's like no maintenance. I mean, there's like your everyday maintenance, like change out a toilet, you know, whatever. But there's no yard maintenance, so I'm not having to be there because I manage my own property right now. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not having to be there ever, other than pick up rent checks, which we're this month we're like, all right, time. Oh, to you're stop. still picking up. Yeah, we're still picking up. Oh, come on. <laughs> so, this this one, um, because we, we used it at the fourplex, this online. We have two really older tents. Yeah. And one's been there for thirty years. <clears throat> so I call it a legacy tent. Like, yeah. That's really truly their home. Yeah. Um, and so we're trying to maneuver them to that online. But again, like that older population, it's hard for them to understand, like, 
am I getting scammed? Like that's yeah. the thing. It's like yeah, they don't put their bank account info into the, the online thing. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over there. I'm going to sit down with them yeah. and say, hey, we're going to do this today. Yeah. Like we're going to fill this thing out so you don't have to, you know, because we have to schedule. Like, I'm like, hey, what day, what time can I come over yeah. and pick up bench checks? And it's a mess. Yeah. But it's also good for me, I think, because I get to see the property. I get to ask them, like, what issues are you seeing? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because they're the kind of people who are like, oh, we'll just take care of ourselves. I'm like, no, 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 no. Because I don't want your fixes yeah. in the house. So it's, it's funny you say that because he used to make fun of me because I, I, I used to do the same thing. I just, and I learned that from my dad where it was just like, I'm going to go change the air filter because I want to walk around and look around and <laughs> see, right, right. see what the walls look like. And it eventually gets to the point, you, I hope you run into this issue sooner rather than later. It's just, you're just not going to have time to do that. Well, that, yeah, that's the thing. That's just why. Not, and then, and then it's going to need to be automated. So the sooner you get into it, I mean, you're already planning for it, but the sooner you kind of get into like the automated you know, withdrawal, drafting, paying right. type of thing, and, and you'll get somebody like Ori coming in and doing all like the stuff that you would have been handy for. Right. Yeah, at first I was collecting, I was just going to the house to house collecting cash. And it's awesome actually collecting that cash at first. You're like, yes, and you got like yeah. six $100 bills, like Chris, like, I'm gonna go get this. Today. <laughs> yeah. Carlos was driving home in Maryland to pick up checks. Uh, oh, <laughs> no, I was not in Well, I have family that's like really close to one of the rentals that I have. So I would go have breakfast with family. Yeah. I'll pick up rent, rent checks. Make a little bit out of it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good thing, though, in a way. It is. But it's it also, again, time-consuming. You'd rather spend that time with your family. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my immediate family. But hang out with my family. Oh, with my parents. I didn't mind that or my in-laws. But, yeah, that's awesome. So, in um, in three, let's call it three to five years, you've seen yourself continue to do that, put more uh, responsibility on Jorge, right? Right. Have him take over. This is the full budget for this project. You manage it and go forward. And then... You focusing more of your attention on multi-family syndication, so like pouring that. So so be heavy on the single-family flips, mm-hmm. and then be more of multi-family rentals. Right. Is that kind of where exactly. the direction you yeah. go? Okay. So I love value add anything. So anything that I can add value in, force value add. Yeah. I, yeah. I love that. So for Jorge, I'd love to have him do six houses a year. I mean, six houses a year. He's making a very good living. Yeah. Right. Um, I know that that's sustaining that business six houses. Let's say two every. I mean, I like to have two at a time for him. Sure. Yeah. So that way, like when he has his other subs, he can be at the other house. Yeah. You know, twenty rounds. Yeah, it's a it's a good balance. So that's what I had at Hilliard and Lakeside. So those houses are like two minutes apart. Yeah. So and we bought them like basically a month and a half difference. Yeah. So we were like ahead here. So like drywallers, just like you just flop. You know, yeah. everybody was switching, and it, it was awesome. Like, and Jorge was starting to get the hang of like, okay, I can call the electrician for this house, you know. <clears throat> and they're all friends. Like, so most of my guys are all Guatemalan, mm-hmm. and so I kind of hit that that niche. Of all my workers are kind of the same. They yeah. all go to the same church. Like, they all talk to each other all the time. Yeah. So, like sometimes Jorge will tell me like, hey man, the HVAC guy's coming for this property, and I'm like, is he, are we ready? He's like, oh yeah, yeah, I told him. Like, we're, we're good. Yeah. And I'm like, I didn't even know, like, because I'm so used to yeah. managing it yeah. by saying this piece needs to go here, here, here. Now it's just like it's almost it's automated for me. Yeah. In a way, he just doesn't awesome. let me know. Yeah. So it's been that's awesome. People work towards that all the time. I've been yeah. trying to work. 
that it's hard to get a guy that can do yeah. that. Does does Jorge only work for you or so now? I mean, he does some side like side yeah. jobs, which is good. That's like that's I guess, no. <laughs> it's funny, like a lot of people come in and like, he does your work, and I'm like, it's this guy, you know. Yeah. Like, I don't really know him that well, but in reality, like he might be over Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, I didn't make it, but like, I mean, that's like something. Again, so yeah, like, this is something in my business because I always try to treat humans like humans. Yeah. At the end of the day, we're all humans. Yeah. We're all have intrinsically good values. Yeah. Right? People do bad things, but there's something behind that bad shit. Sure. Yeah. Intrinsically good. And so it's kind of like a value in my business to treat everybody like the human interaction is so yeah. valued. And right now, I mean, we've kind of lost it in a way. Yeah. And so I try to keep that. I mean, I kind of try to portray that to my guys to also do the same. Yeah. Right? And so I don't know really where I was going with that. There was a point to that. Uh, I think we were, we were talking about like just scaling and, and just like having Jorge and then right. doing six projects a year and like you really depend on him mm -hmm. and you treat him like family. Right, yeah, that's the thing is treating him like family. So like when we sell a house, I give him a portion. So I have a spreadsheet and I every purchase that goes in the house. Line. Yeah, I have a Jorge Cabrera line, yeah. That's the thing. And, <laughs> and, and, and so what it does, it, it breaks down my total construction Yes. and it puts in a percentage. So like he did 20% of the labor in this house or we spent, you know, 20% of our material budget at Seawards. Yeah. And so I get to see, you know, what percent of what um, kind of goes where. And so I kind of try to allocate a bonus to him oh, through yeah. that when we sell. Yeah. So it's kind of like we're in it together, like a profit sharing sure, sure. Yeah. type thing. And so he really appreciates wow. that. And so when I cash out on this refi, I will give him a piece of that refine money. Yeah. Because we wouldn't have sold it the house in I mean in a hot market that house would have gone two ways. Yeah. Everybody that walked through said it was priced right. Yeah. They just didn't want to pay what it was worth. Yeah, right. yeah. And it's just you know, people's times and people yeah. getting a lot more reserved. Which I mean again, I understand I'm not mad at it. Sure. it yeah. I think it's gonna be better long term for me to hold yeah. it. Yeah. Um and so I try to like profit share, different things like that. That's awesome. It, so so you, you like to give back, you like to pour into other people. Um, I mean, since we started meeting, you've talked several times and I've wanted to pour back into you and just like kind of give you a platform or just like talk to you whenever I get a chance because I always feel like, you know, there's something there. Like there's some sort of like, I don't know, youth grinding, hustling, I'm gonna make it out of this thing, whatever the obstacle is. Even if it's like a, uh, a nationwide, worldwide thing, mm -hmm. we're going to make it onto the other side, right? right. So, um, if people wanted to pour into you, right, and give you an opportunity of somehow, whether it's, you know, uh, whether it's lending or any, any kind of thing, what are you, what are you looking for? What would you like to be more exposed to? Where would you like to be where, you know, you, you might have a harder time like trying to figure it out on your own? What can other people provide for you? Yeah, so I guess what I'm looking for right now is more access to multifamily. Um, so off-market, you know, pocket listings type multifamily deals, multifamily lenders. I do have a couple, but I'd love to have more um, for funding like that. And then any local um, Richmond or Montana, like syndication type attorneys, um, that type of thing. Yeah. So I can kind of get the ball rolling in that that sector. How many units, like, give a range of units? So I want to go 25 up. Got it. You're gonna start. Well, let me know when you get one. I'll join in on that syndication. Oh yeah, that's kind of good. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, I've had my eye on one. It's been on the market for a while, and I was in contact with a guy 
when it first listed. And so I'm hoping to go walk it uh, either later this month or next month. So hopefully something might come with that. They haven't listed for way too high. But so far, I mean, I've been able to you know, negotiate it down. And nice. Single family, we'll see how it works. Yeah, yeah. Hey, as long as you can keep the ball rolling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. You have a broker that made that offer for you? Or, or did you just call the list, listing? On which? The one the, the multifamily? Yeah. I haven't made an offer yet because it was still pretty warm. Well, who are you interacting with? The broker? The broker, listed? yeah. The broker okay. listed it. Yeah, yeah. So usually on the buy side on multifamily, you wouldn't get your side of the broker. Yeah. Uh, yourself. Okay. Um, Got it. So you just use the list. For multifamily, people just use the listing broker. Yeah, the listing broker. So there's right. one broker. Because they, I guess, you're representing both. They would that. that I would represent myself. Oh, and then you're most, yeah, yeah, most of the time I go through the attorney. Most of the like oh, okay. the ins and outs. Yeah, yeah. most buyers don't use a broker for a big multifamily. Yeah, uh, I mean, it change it varies, you know, people to people, but that the buyer has to pay the broker fee because yeah. multifamily is different the way the the fees work. Yeah, I have. I have of people just like going directly yeah, to the right. stage for yeah because the same same way but i thought maybe it was like a, a regular agent where brokers also reach directly out to like buyers like but i thought it was just to like double dip the yeah double dip there it's it's different than the, yeah, the residential stuff which is i think i think it's a little more fun because there's a lot more it's a lot more like wholesaling there's a lot more wiggle room and like yeah the fee structure and yeah. like the way that listings can come and like all kinds of yeah. yeah, it is fun. Me and Carlos were doing we're trying yeah. negotiating one like ooh, last year or something. But yeah. it's a fun process just trying to a couple of LOIs. Yeah. Yeah, we, we did this up just kinda started falling apart. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's different. Sometimes those listing brokers don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. They're well, like, yeah. Based on what we were dealing with. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know too much. <laughs> oh, that's, I think that's why a lot of people don't make that transition, is they just kind of stick in that, that single family small multi. Yeah, is they get stuck with like the difference in transaction management. Yeah, like all the. I mean, it's a lot more to learn. It's like entering a whole new industry. It is. Yeah. Even though you're in the same stuff you've yeah. been doing, right? Yeah, it's. Um, I was having a conversation earlier today um, with this guy who essentially has done the same thing as us: is go in, gets rentals, does a bunch of flips, and then he transitioned into commercial, and he broke it down to me, and it was just, because like basically it's the same thing. There's DSCR. There's you burn it, you you just make sure you get it at a good price and you make sure that you factor out the rents, right? But like, it's the same thing. And the, 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 big, the biggest side of, uh, of the commercial is the, the, you making it a triple net, right? Where right. you're just not responsible for any of it and signing a, like a 10 year lease or yeah. whatever, right? So it's really That's interesting. interesting. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. But I, we have a little segment. I don't know if you have any questions for, uh, I didn't write any. No? I could, I could do the same once. Yeah, did, we, yeah we could. Before, or on phone, actually. All right, so this segment is, you have to pick one or the other. We need two prompts. Okay. Um, and they're all related to finances or real estate. Sure. But, uh, we're gonna give them to you, and then you're gonna pick which one would you rather have. Would you rather? Yeah, would you rather. Is that how is that how the sound works? It's something like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, would you rather manage twenty Airbnbs, short term rentals, but you don't have much um, experience? Good. I, I don't know what goes into okay. it. Yeah. So I, I, twenty Airbnbs, twenty Airbnbs, or manage one hundred long term rentals. Assuming I, assuming same cash flow, same appreciation, and everything. 
So it's literally just the same cash flow, same appreciation. Yeah. I think. So I, in my mind, where my mind's going is delegation. So like, even though I'm managing them, right? Where where can I delegate to different things? Yeah. And I'm thinking I'm thinking a hundred longer. Easier to easier to manage. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think easier to delegate. Most people manage that. Yeah. Most people. Um, uh, would you rather? Actually, wait. Let me do this one. Wait. What would you guys do? I I initially said short term rentals. Um, change. I'm getting convinced a little bit, but I would probably still stay with the short term rentals. Yeah, appreciation is the same. Yeah. hundred long terms can still be a big headache. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. The turnover alone with all this. Yeah, I mean, opposed to like twenty turnover a week. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, the turnover to long term rentals a lot more into a credit checks, showings, a lot all more that. expensive. Yeah, but if you think if you think about it, if you're managing a hundred. There comes a point in time where you got it. like you got it. Yeah, you understand you how it's yeah, maybe you would think they short, have it. Short term, I feel like you get a lot more toss ups. Like, dude, it. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, that's I mean, a great question. For a long term rental, you're you're turning a unit every three days. You call it. Yeah, that is true. Right, or all of them just like bunch up, and all of a sudden you're having to release seventeen of them at the same time in June. Yeah. Well, okay, well, that kind of stuff. okay, but like long term, if you're managing 100, right, you're eventually getting to the point where you can really pick good tenants. But yeah, you're always going to have issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there's, I mean, it's a, it's, a, yeah. it's a great question. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, I was trying to think of one of one the spot. But All right. I, I can ask it if you want to think okay. of it. Right. So. All right. So, um, some of them are like related to lending, though. So, be still ask it. So, let's try this one. Uh, would you rather be able to reach or be worth more than a million dollars, but you couldn't teach anybody? Obviously, you like to pour into people, mm-hmm. right? so that's an important piece for you. Um, or you couldn't be worth more than a million dollars, but you could pour into people, you could educate, you could be in that space. Hmm, it's another good one. These are these are brain busters. Um. Yeah, that's hard because you know, I'm I'm working towards financial freedom for myself, but also you know my family. I want to build a business big enough that my family can join in, right? So if I'm only worth a million dollars, can I still do that? I guess everything's leveraged, right? So am I really worth a million dollars? I don't know. <laughs> the equity, but equity, equity. All right. Yeah. So I can <laughs> Same amount of money. I'd rather work on the houses. 
Yeah, it's always hard for me to sit in office. I mean, sitting here for, I don't know, what, an hour and 30 minutes, I'm already getting kind of antsy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I like that too. I like that too. It's fun work. I like working on my own houses sometimes, especially when it's your own project. It's yeah. just like, you get to see more. I don't know if I enjoy it by working as much as someone else. Right, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm in yeah. a wooden flip right now, another one that I bought, so I'm yeah. having fun with that. Yeah. Okay, oh, I got, I got some of them. Okay. Do you think the real estate market in 2023 be over under plus 5% uh, median? 2023. Oh, the rate. The rate? The rate or the year over year? No, 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 5% no, uh, increase, sorry. Increase in uh, so 2022 to 2023. Yeah. Because right now we're close to 11.75. Yeah, but it's 2022. Yeah, so the following year, so a big price, not price drop, it's just the rate, the rate yeah. loss of increase. A lot of government stuff going into this, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to take the under. Okay. Um, but an optimistic under. Like, I don't wish that it does that, but I have a feeling that that would be. Where what does the government stuff have to do? You're talking about lower, higher interest rates, is that what you're saying? I'm saying, like, just overall government spending, like, where is it going? How's our economy going to end up okay. next year? Like, not as much focus. So when I look at something like that, I think of the consumer, not us as investors, because we're going to get ours, right? We're yeah. going to watch the market, figure out what it's doing, change our subjects to, to make it work yeah. for us. But that end consumer, where are they going to be financially? Yeah. For the, for the you know, like that 300 range yeah. person, is are we going to go into a small recession? You know, are we going to kind of dip into that? I mean, we already are, kind of. Are we going to dip into that, that tank and those people are going to be kind of struggling even more? Are we going to see more homes hit the market during that time? So for me, looking at it, I think we're gonna go, we're gonna go even a little lower, like economy-wise, we're gonna continue kind of down that downward trend. Yeah. Um, so I don't see it going over 5%. Okay. But optimistically, I hope it does, right? Yeah. But yeah. I think, yeah. But there's opportunity if it does. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good yeah, for sure. Um, and we'll do one more. I don't know if you're a, a Bitcoin or gold kind of guy, but 100K tomorrow, you gotta invest in gold or Bitcoin. I absolutely hate crypto. I'm anti-crypto. That's a safer bet. <laughs> but also, you won't gain as much. No, but <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big crypto guy. I tried to get into it in college because that was like what was hot, and I couldn't wrap my mind around like. I don't think anyone's still can. Well, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. you, you read all these stories about these guys selling off or destroying 850,000 coins out of the blue, and you're like. Was my coin included in that eight hundred and fifty thousand? Yeah. Like, yeah. And and they're yeah. doing that to increase the price. And I'm like, yeah. there's way too much individual control in in those yeah. things. So I don't I don't touch my black ghost thing that yeah. you don't see. I black people too. Yeah. Just for the sake of it. Awesome. Well, thanks, Jared. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, I had a blast. Man. This is Jared Duma. Duma Holdings. Duma Holdings. Do you see the hat? He's in town. <laughs> What's your Instagram? Yeah. Uh, I'm an anti-social media guy. Anti oh, really? Media. Anti-social media. You don't have any social media. I have Facebook if you want to friend me on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Um, but other than that, uh, I use Facebook Marketplace. That's the only reason I still have it. Um, you have TikTok? No. I don't have any social media. Do you go um, on it or you just don't? I don't, I don't have it. I don't, oh my I, God. I don't have an Instagram account. I don't have... TikTok, I don't know, Be Real, I guess that's a new thing. Um, oh, you guys might look into it, it's kind of cool. I, I love it, not social media. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not getting into 
it, it just takes my focus away from uh, you know my business and I'm yeah. I have an addictive personality. I also don't drink. That's another thing. Mm, so okay. I have an addictive personality. So when I find something I like, like right now it's real estate. So I'm like yeah. addicted to real estate. Yeah, and that's so cool. if I find something that distracts me from that, like, yeah, you gotta use that personality for good. It's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. right. Well, again, Jared, appreciate it. Uh, Jared Doom, everybody. If you guys see him at Ring, if you guys see him at the social events. Um, you heard his story, now you know a bit more about him, so definitely feel free to approach, because he is grinding it out right now. So, um, if you guys liked it, if you guys have more questions for Jared, feel free to comment it in the, um, below. Make sure you like, make sure you subscribe, make sure you, what's the other one? Uh, share. Share, notification bell. bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah notification, notification bell. bell. And again, Carlos, Jared, Dylan, and this is Generation. Uh -huh.